In this video, I'm sharing five hacks for autism and school refusal. We've all been there. Buckle up. Hey guys, welcome back to the Aspie world. My name is Dan. I have autism, ADHD, OCD, and dyslexia, and I make weekly videos on this type of content. So if you're new around here and you'd like to learn more, remember to subscribe by hitting the notification bell and follow this page to see more videos like this. Hey guys, I just want to give a shout out to today's video sponsor, which is Brilliant. Now Brilliant is super awesome. They got in touch with me and said that they had this super awesome thing for ADHD, and I was like, I'm all ears, right? So anyway, um, yeah, they sent me a bunch of these things. It's a non-prescription homeopathic medicine that you can take to like lower stress and kind of like help with ADHD symptoms and things like that. And this is why I wanted to try it. So my idea is that I'm going to uh, take these awesome little, um, I'll show you exactly what they look like. These little kind of like discs, they just dissolve into your tongue, right? And I've been taking these, I've had like a week's worth already or more than that. And these are really, really cool. So I'm going to take these for about four to five weeks to see if they can help uh, reduce my my kind of anxiety, my ADHD symptoms and things like that. Uh, Brilliant is really, really cool. They all seem really nice and they do a version for adults and children. So this one is obviously for adults because I'm taking it, um, but it's really, really, really cool. So uh, this is again, like a non-prescription homeopathic medicine. And you know, there's no real harmful side effects. This thing is really, really interesting. So I was like, hey, let's give it a shot and see how it works. So join me on my journey. I'll be checking in with you guys every like week or so to let you know how I'm getting on with this and see what the results are and if it can benefit you in your life. In the meantime, if you want to check out Brillia, then do so with the link in the description down below. Super awesome. All right, on with the video. Okay, guys, what is going on? I am really, really excited to do this video because I've seen a lot of parents and kind of like caregivers who take the kids to school and the kids are on, on the, you know, on the autism spectrum and they have a school phobia, right? I had a school phobia when I was a kid. Um, it was really difficult for me to, to go to school and, and stay in school. And so I was, uh, I was just like completely agitated, irritated, triggered the whole time. And this didn't work well. My mental health wasn't good. And for my condition of having Asperger's syndrome and ADHD, it just didn't go well. Okay, so I'm showing you five hacks and these are gonna be life-changing for people as well. So hopefully this will help you to no end. And uh, yeah, leave me a comment and a thumbs up on this video if you think this video is awesome. Okay, cool. So the first one is understanding the triggers. First thing to do is create a list of all the scary versus non-scary tasks that take place in the school. So ask the child, say, hey, can you help me make can you help me make a list of all of the, um, you know, the, the scary things versus the non-scary things that you do in school? It could be walking down the hallway, going to class, sitting next to other kids, doing certain activities, PE, whatever. By doing this, you're understanding what their triggers actually are. The second thing is to color um, subjects on a chart where you, you write out all the subjects that they're doing in school or, or all the things that they do in school and then you get them to color in like green for the ones they enjoy and then red for the ones that are bad which is basically meaning that what they experience when they're in that lesson and maybe if you pinpoint why those lessons are bad not just because the fact that some people just don't like certain lessons it could be more of a detailed fact that maybe there's a certain kind of uh, uh, issue of that room you know it could be sensory that is the best way to do it. Another way is to create a worry book. Now writing down all of the issues in one book. Um, and you can also try and personalize the book by like, you know, putting stickers and stuff on it and making it kind of like theirs. You know, if they're really into Pokemon and Minecraft, we'll get Pokemon Minecraft stickers, stick them all over the book. And then they'll kind of want to write in that book and write all their worries down in there. This does a few things. The first thing is that it gets rid of all of the worries from their head. So they stop kind of thinking about it and getting anxious about the things in their head. But it also allows you to detailed go through the things that they are struggling with in the school. Super, super dope. 
Okay, the next thing I wanna talk about, the next hack I'm gonna talk about is creating strategies for home use to calm anxiety and relaxation, right? So what you need to do is, um, you know, Use things that help relax, like go for a walk or playing in the park or riding your bike. Something that like, creates um, more of a, a an exercise thing which helps move oxygen around the body and helps create calm, but calm at home. Because what you don't want is them coming home and having that stress that they had in school at home because then it makes home an uncomfortable place and there's no relaxation at all. And a lot of the time when we relax, we get a chance to reset, step back and just kind of really assess the situation and calm down and start again. The next thing I would say is maybe why not build Legos or, or play Minecraft? You know, doing something that really helps you relax but also gives you focus to key in the fact that you are relaxing but you're also focusing your energy. These are really good. Um, another one is to schedule quiet time um, into your day so they can go in their room where they know they're safe and they know that they are calm and collective and then go in their room and chill and play and that is their space but you need to kind of like you know if you think about it bedrooms are one of the places where we kind of spend the least amount of time uh, awake because you know you just go to your bedroom and you go to try and sleep but when you're you know suffering anxiety and you're having issues with going to school one of the things you really want is somewhere at home which is just your haven your safe haven where you can just go and chill out and just have that you time, right? So make sure that they do schedule in time to go in their room to chill. Or it could, it could even be like a teepee tent in the living room with like some cushions in it. Whatever works, do it, but schedule it in. Don't, don't forget about this, it's important. Okay, so the next hack is to communicate with the school directly. So you could contact the SENCO, which is a special educational needs coordinator at the school and make them aware of all the issues that you've collected from hack number one, we spoke about the issues. Now, you also need to find out what has been done so far to accommodate the needs of the child within the school, because then you'll have like a, a detailed outline of what has currently been done, where the issues lie, and where you should go forward from. This is how you create a plan of action. Consult with the direct line of staff who deals with your child on a day-to-day -day basis and discuss what strategies they've used because you never know because that person's dealing with your child in an environment that you're not familiar with or have never been in with your child. This person may have strategies that they've developed with your kid that you could use somewhere else, but also that you could make a note of so that if the teachers do change, then you could you know, replace the, the, the personal learning plan with the one you now have with the person who's worked with them on these strategies, if you get me. And the other one is to literally simply ask your child what support they feel they need when in school. By asking the child directly, they may be able to, if they are verbal, be able to tell you exactly what the issues are that they're having. They may be able to say like, hey, look, I have an issue with the hall. I have an issue with the assembly. I have an issue with lining up and going into class. It could be anything, right? But they will tell you that directly if they are able to or they could draw it out. And this is a really good one. A lot of people just don't seem to want to ask children because it may just slip their mind because they're so busy worrying about the situation at hand. Okay, so the next hack is adjustments. Now, um, you could look at having a quiet time during the school day in a quiet room. So ask the school if they can accommodate um, a, a piece of the classroom or a, a room off to the side of a corridor where your child could have just a few minutes of just complete calm and relaxation so they can reset themselves, like I was saying before, and other hack just to kind of ground them a little bit so they can go ah, breathe a little bit not everything is go 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 all the time 
then he can come around, get back into the classes and, you know, see if it makes any difference. I think it's worth a try. The next one is use ear defenders outside in the playground. Now, a lot of kids get triggered. When I was in school, I was triggered so much by the playground that I had to stay indoors and play on the computers to get me to a calm position so I could go back into the class and then learn. But, you know, I, I didn't have any ear defenders and my parents didn't know how to fix it back then. So now they do, I would have worn ear defenders. So check that one out. Another tip is later start and early finish time to avoid busy school traffic. Now, school traffic is is crazy. There's parents, there's kids, there's traffic, there's dogs sometimes, there's bicycles, there's scooters, there's everything you could possibly think of dropping their kids off and it's hectic. So if you can try and create a, a later start time and a bit of an early finish time, you'll avoid those uh, places of craziness. Like I did this when I was a kid, it actually really worked well for me. Um, the other one is using reward systems to help meet targets. So um, I have a link for this. So if you check out the link down below, I'll leave a link for my charts. I actually have a, uh, a link where you can download um, charts, which are like work for charts, where you have like three things that you work for. And once you've completed all three of them, you can then uh, get the reward of the thing you want. It's a good way of creating, um, you know, task success uh, in, in a more structural visual format. Uh, and then the other thing is older students may like to use apps for dealing with like anxiety and stuff so making sure that the school are aware that you know your child if they're a little bit older and they're using like a tablet or, or, or a smartphone they may want to use an app when they're feeling stressed and that's okay because I know that like phones and stuff are a bit of a, a no-no in schools but if you're using it for your mental health and your well-being then why not you know okay so the last one is a no-brainer but I thought I'd add this in here now this is number five this hack is homeschooling this may be a choice um, for some people depending on your level of comfort but a lot of the time it's a very good one because a lot of the triggers that are happening in school are happening because it's in the school environment. It's not at home in the environment where the person uh, feels they're most comfortable, you know? So if you're trying, you know, if we think about this, if your result is to get your kid to feel as comfortable and learn as best as possible, well, the best environment is gonna be at home with their mom or dad or whoever's able, if so, to stay at home and teach them. I know this is not possible for everybody, but I feel like the COVID thing has taught us a lot about homeschooling and how we could potentially work from home and teach our kids from home. So if this is something that you could do and as a stretch and it would take away the stress from the school and the strain from the school, you could always implement this. And homeschooling is a really good idea if you're thinking, mm, maybe I could try this with my kid. So always remember guys, if you're homeschooling, but then you wanna reintegrate your child back into mainstream school um, you know, at a later date, always remember that you need a period of reintegration. So prepare well for this and don't forget because a lot of people do forget and it doesn't work out really well. Guys, if you like this video, give it a thumbs up, share it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you think someone could get value from it and I'll see you in the next one, guys. Peace. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, please share this with anybody and everyone who you think can get some benefit from it. And also, I know a bunch of you guys who haven't already subscribed to this podcast, but listen, so please go over and subscribe to it now so you don't miss an episode. Also, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at the Aspie World. The, T-H-E, Aspie, A-S-P-I-E, and then World, W-O-R-L-D. So the Aspie World. All right, guys, thanks.